With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On a Friday, the day before Liverpool go to Manchester to face those cheating bastards, Manchester City, in the Premier League in a 12.30 kickoff. Joy of all joys. We have bad news on the injury front today. It looks like Naby Keita is set for another spell on the sidelines. Not that it really makes a whole lot of difference because the chances of Jürgen playing him anyway were very, very low. We head into this weekend with no Calvin Ramsey, no Stefan Pesetic, no Thiago, no Joe Gomez, no Naby, a doubt over Costas, Luis Diaz just back in training. Darwin Nunes should be okay to play, though, so that's always nice. I'm sure Jürgen has given a press conference, but I have missed it, so you'll have to search for that. By yourself. City, on the other hand, no Phil Foden, but they are. Oh, guys, inform me the press conference is on now. So, Dave Davis will have a press conference recap a little bit later that you can give a listen to, and uh, he'll he'll have all the points from that. Uh, yeah, Phil Foden out for City, Erling Haaland, the doubt, as discussed with Carl yesterday. I actually think I'd rather face City with Haaland than without because I kind of feel. Like we're a bit better set up to deal with Haaland than to deal with Julian Alvarez. So an interesting thing today from, I believe it was Dominic King, about the Liverpool United, Liverpool Arsenal City United, Spurs Newcastle sort of top six and results against other people in that top six. And it really does kind of shine a light on what's going on with Liverpool this year. So Tottenham are bottom of this little mini-league. They've only won one and lost all six other games in this mini-league. They've got three points. Then it's Newcastle. One win, three draws, three defeats from seven games. Same as Spurs. Manchester United have played eight games. Um... They've won four, drawn one, and lost three. Arsenal 
have done exactly the same, but from their games have got a better goal difference than United. Man City, exactly the same. Four wins, one draw, and three defeats. And then it is Liverpool, top of this mini-league. Played seven against these other six, these other five teams. Won five of them and lost two. Obviously, defeated at the Emirates, defeated at Old Trafford. But we beat Newcastle twice. We beat Tottenham in London. We beat City at home. We hammered United at home. That was 7-0, in case anybody had forgotten. That's seven, which is one more than six. Um, and should have been eight if the referee hadn't blown his whistle when there should have been about six minutes extra at a time. But, you know, that's just how things go. So our results against the good teams have been pretty good. And when you consider that that game away to Arsenal, we got robbed in incredible fashion where the three big decisions in the game all went their way. Their first goal should have been disallowed because Saka was offside receiving the ball. They were gifted a penalty for a non-foul. And Gabriel got away with one of the most blatant handballs you'll ever see. So two of their goals should not have happened. And we should have had a penalty. We should have won that game 3-1. And we were dreadful on the day. But that's the kind of spawny look that this Arsenal team have had this season. But it goes to show, in the bigger games, we have turned up, by and large. United away, we shot ourselves in the foot. Our beloved captain gifted United two goals by refusing to do his job. And by his complete lack of technical ability. But we've actually played well against the big clubs. Our issue has been against the others. You know, you factor in Chelsea as well. We drew with them at home. We still have to play them away. But our our issues have been against what Simon Brundish loving, lovingly calls the dross. You know, there's just no excuse for a lot of these results that we've had this season. A draw away to Fulham. They're currently ninth. A draw at home to Crystal Palace. They're 12th, but could easily go down still. They've just sacked their manager and reappointed Woy. We lost away to United, who'd been comprehensively beaten by Brentford the game before. And again, we shot ourselves in the foot. Then we hammered Bournemouth. Then we beat Newcastle. Then we drew with a really bad Everton team who could well go down this year and are also on their second manager of the season. They were managed by Frank Lampard and we didn't beat them. Then we played Brighton. We went 2-0 down. We fought back to get 3-2 in front and then we gave it away. Now, Brighton are having a really good season. They're one one place behind us in the league with two games in hand. So you can accept that. The Arsenal game I mentioned, we were robbed. We beat City at home. We beat West Ham at home. That result seemed better at the time than it does now because they're garbage. Then we lost away to Forest. If anyone can explain to me how, I'd love to understand. Then we lost at home to Leeds. 
in the mix to go down this year. Then we beat Tottenham away. We beat Southampton at home. We beat Villa. We beat Leicester. Then we got walloped by by Brentford, walloped by Brighton. Then we drew at home with Chelsea in a stinker of a game. Then we got walloped by Wolves, who may well go down this season. We beat Everton. We beat Newcastle. We drew with Crystal Palace, who again may well go down this season. We beat Wolves. We destroyed United and then somehow lost to Bournemouth. Somehow lost to fucking Bournemouth. Now, you can accept losing to United away, losing to Arsenal away. I can even accept losing to Brentford and Brighton away, given how the season has panned out. They're on level points with us. Brighton with less games played, Brentford with the same games played. They have been as good as us this season. I can't accept losing to Forest, losing to Leeds, losing to Wolves, and losing to Bournemouth. They are four disgraceful defeats. I can accept the draw against Fulham, opening day of the season, newly promoted, away from home. Fair enough. Can't accept drawing at home with Palace. Can't accept a draw with Everton. Draw with Brighton, fair enough. Draw with Chelsea, fair enough. Another draw with Palace. That That's three shameful draws. Four shameful defeats. Those are all games we should have won. Each and every one of them is a game we should have won. So rather than taking three points, we should have taken 21 points from that group of games. And if we had, we'd be 18 points better off. So we'd be on 60 points right now. We'd be third, a point behind City, With the game in hand, we'd be nine points behind Arsenal, but we'd have two games in hand, and they still have to come to Anfield, and they still have to go to the Etihad, and they've got to go up to St. James's Park. Arsenal have a, a horrendous April ahead of them. Like, we have absolutely ruined our own season here. Completely ruined it. There's just no excuse at all for how this season has gone. A season of abject failure. And it doesn't matter if we sneak forth. That's not going to to turn around the fact that this season has been a failure. Just as finishing third in 2021 didn't change that season from being a failure. It raised the mood. It made it seem better in retrospect, but that was a season of failure, as is this. And like that, this is of our own making because we have failed to prepare for both seasons. We have failed to properly manage our squad. We have failed to invest. We have failed to turn the squad over. We failed to replace players who left. We failed to remove players who aren't good enough. It's just unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. And the blame lies between Jürgen and the owners. Overall, 
the owners are definitely more to blame for the situation we find ourselves in. But I would say for this season, more of the blame belongs with Jürgen than it does with the ownership. And I know people will say, oh, we've had the most injuries. That's fine. But Curtis Jones has been fit for months, doesn't play. Naby Keita fit for months, doesn't play. Oxley chamberlain fit for months, doesn't play. Calvin Ramsey wasn't ever going to play. Take those four injuries out, and we haven't missed nearly the amount of games. Diaz had a long-term injury, so did Jota. Ibu was out for a chunk, and Thiago's been out because we used him like he was David Batty. But everyone else has had injuries as well. Arsenal lost Gabriel Jesus for three months. Zinchenko missed a chunk of games. City have had injuries. United have had injuries. Spurs have had injuries. Toon have had injuries. There's just no excuse for how bad we've been. Because, the, and the, like I said, those four players, Ramsey, Jones, Keita and Oxley chamberlain even if they've been fit, and the same goes for Artur, he's another one. So add him into that as well. They weren't going to play. Klopp wasn't playing them. They're fit now, he's not playing them. Naby might be injured again, but that's because he hasn't been playing and he goes off with his national team, of whom he is captain, and he has to play. And when you haven't played in ages and then you get forced to play two games in quick succession... Injuries will happen. But Jürgen's failure to address the midfield last summer, his failure to address it in January, his refusal to move on from players who clearly aren't good enough, the fact that he was driving the bus to try and keep Bobby and is now doing the same to keep Milner, those are very worrying signs. On This is Anfield... There is a preview of the month ahead, seven games in 30 days. Uh, Why stopping Rodri is key for Liverpool with Kevin De Bruyne erratic at Man City. Four players return to training and massive boost ahead of Man City. I just can't see that Diaz is going to be ready to play. Uh, Julian Ward pulls U-turn on post-Liverpool plans, no longer interested. Julian Ward apparently is backed out of a move to Ajax. Now, by all accounts, he has a non-compete in England, so he can't join another English team for 12 months, but he is free to join a team abroad. Jürgen has said Diaz definitely not ready for tomorrow, uh, which is, I think, the the smart move. Uh, But yeah, he's turned down the Ajax job. You'd wonder if he's had another offer. If perhaps one of the big Portuguese clubs has come knocking on his door. But it will be interesting to see what he does next after leaving Liverpool. Um, Liverpool's sporting director expected to overlook internal 11-year candidates. So that candidate would be Dave Fallows. Which is good. It's good. Nothing against Dave Fallows. 
He's very good in his role. But what we need is a fresh voice. We need somebody coming in with new ideas. We need somebody that doesn't have an existing relationship with Jürgen. We need someone that's going to have a bit of conflict with Jürgen to drive progression. Uh, Paul Mitchell was linked, and then he wasn't linked. Marcus Kroosh of Eintracht Frankfurt was linked, and then he publicly said that he, he wasn't interested in the job. Um, there are a few other very good possibilities. Uh, Tim Steed then, Steed 10 uh, of Bayer Leverkusen, he could be ideal. 43-year-old German, he's done phenomenal work with Leverkusen, a great talent spotter. Christoph Freund of RB Salzburg, definitely somebody I think we'd have a strong interest in. Steve Ted is one I think that has might have real legs. I think that might have real legs. The timing of his announcement that he was leaving Leverkusen was was interesting. And I do wonder if he might be ready to go for us. He was director of football at Werder Bremen before. So he has a decent amount of experience. But the fact that he's leaving Leverkusen, having only been promoted last summer, I do wonder if that is, if that's the move for us. Um, I'd like him to bring his brother. His brother Moritz is the head scout of Werder Bremen, uh, who's done a really good job there at identifying talent on a budget that, to use the word budget, would be to give it too much credit. But he's done a very, very good job um, in his role there in terms of identifying players. Now, he's not the one with final say or anything like that, so I wouldn't put the blame on him, but there's been a number of players that have come into Bremen in the last six or seven years that have been credited to him. Um, So, yeah, I I, I quite like him to bring his brother with him if he does take the job. Um. Liverpool should unleash bold new formation after a new Liverpool injury blow, injury blow and Luis Diaz shift. Let's have a look at what Josh Williams is saying. Uh, da, 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 da. I think the suggestion here is that Liverpool should go with a four-man front line or a 4-2-3-1 or 4-4-2. Given our lack of midfield options, with no Thiago, no Besetic now, no Naby, the problem is the only two midfielders we have to play in a two... Well, because Artur is not playing, um, would be Henderson and Fabinho, and you're asking an awful lot of Fabinho in that pivot, so... Uh, I, I would say, I, I would say he should look at a four four two or four four one one, nice deep block similar to what we did at home. But I have a feeling he might go and just do the the usual four three three. 
Um, Liverpool suffers new injury as Real Madrid make 131 Jude Bellingham trans 131 million Jude Bellingham transfer decision. Liverpool, Real Madrid, and others all want to sign Jude Bellingham. Real have placed a cut-off point of 106 million or 120 million euro, uh, which is 131 million dollars. Uh, a figure that the La Liga club are unwilling to go above. We'll wait and see. I am growing in confidence that we'll get him. I don't know why. I really don't know why, but I am growing in confidence that we're going to end up signing Jude. I don't know if it's the right move. I don't think it is. I've said this before. I don't think it is the right move because I think we need too much else. But... He is he is a really special player. He really is a special player. Um Luis Diaz leaves training ground in awe. Okay. Four clubs join battle for Liverpool Stars signature. Uh Bobby Firmino apparently has interest from Barcelona, Benfica, Borussia Dortmund, and Roma. Um, he doesn't want to stay in England. He wants to move on elsewhere, which is absolutely the right move. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, then, we have a couple of new articles. Liverpool's greatest Premier League eleven. This was put together by Stephen Smith. Uh, I won't spoil it, but... I think it's... I think it's spot on. I do think it's spot on. I would make one alteration. I would change the shape from a 4-2-3-1 to a 4-4-2, personally. A little bit of shifting around. Um, Stevie's in it, obviously. Stephen has him as the 10. I'd play him on the right. And then the the left-sided forward I'd play as a left winger because I think that would suit him more. The right-sided forward and the centre forward I would play together as a, as a as a dual strikers. And then the midfield, I do agree with it. I don't think anybody else. Thiago as a player is better than who you have in central midfield. But... You know, I might actually just go for Thiago. Centre-backs, 100% agree. Full-backs, 100% agree. Goalkeepers, undeniable. Um, Tony Evans has a new piece up. Time for the mentality monsters to step up. And there are three new podcasts. There's a rival recon ahead of City. There's a scouted ahead of City, uh, which is just basically me and Carl moaning for an hour. And then there is a Media Matters. James Jimbo Pierce. On with Dave Davis to discuss the April fixtures, the injury updates, future investment updates, the sporting director hunt, transfer updates, and a bit more. Um, so, yeah, there's that. You want to listen to some Jimbo? It's there for you. There's also a piece that I missed. When did this go up? Stephen Smith wrote a piece um, which... 
is about Max Ahrens and the need for competition at right back. Max Ahrens is definitely somebody I would have interest in. Absolutely someone I would have interest in. Oh, it went up today. Okay, so I, I just had missed it on the the upper um, banner. Um, yeah, Max Ahrens is definitely somebody I think makes sense. He's homegrown. He's got plenty of experience, plenty of experience in the Premier League. Norwich, in all likelihood, are not going to come up this year. He's only 23. So you could get three to four years out of him and move him on. And he'll still be, you know, just hitting his prime years. You could make a good profit off him. I really like that shout. Max Aaron's for me makes a lot of sense. Can also cover left back. So there's that to consider as well. He he could do both sides. Um yeah, so that's that. Right. Take care of yourselves. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.